Running a pet business is no walk in the park. I've been there, done that, and sure have the campfire stories to prove it. That's why Pet Boss Nation created Camp Pet Boss, where you can relax at a beautiful lake, refuel your leadership confidence with our in-person activities, and reignite your passion for the pet business of your dreams with your pet industry peers and trusted experts. Camp Pet Boss is a one-of-a-kind business retreat that mixes conference learning sessions and camp-like activities for pet professionals and their dogs. When was the last time that you got away from your business, unplugged from the chaos, and reconnected with your inner entrepreneurial spirit? And I hope that you heard me, that your furry best friend could be there too. Get ready for the most amazing and unique in-person adventure for pet business owners and their dogs, happening this summer in Lake Delton, Wisconsin, August 27th through the 30th of 2024. Tickets will sell out, and one building is already booked solid, So I want you to hit pause on this podcast and visit camppetboss.com right now to make sure that you have a room reserved. Your ticket price includes all food, lodging, and seminars. Need another reason to secure your ticket early? How about a massive discount of savings of $850 off your ticket? That's right. Early bird pricing is happening right now, but not for much longer. And I can't wait to hang out with you at camp this summer and share all those juicy pet boss stories around the campfire. Wondering why it's so hard to find employees? Well, according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, over 47 million Americans have voluntarily quit their jobs, an unprecedented mass exit from the workforce that's being called the Great Resignation. So why, if everyone has left the workforce, is it so hard to find a bunch of people to come work for you? Well, the data also shows that the retail sectors and the hospitality sectors were some of the hardest hit. So we should be able to find them. Why are they leaving? Where are they? Today's podcast is actually a guest feature podcast. I always love introducing you to my friends and industry leaders. And so joining me today is Natasha O'Banion, fellow business coach, pet business owner, and founder of Automated CEO, a systems and leadership training agency. We're going to break down why this happened, what to do now, and how to think about the future of your pet business. Welcome to the Boss Your Business Podcast, the show for the local pet business owner. If you have a physical building, carry inventory, have a team, or dream of having one someday, then this podcast is for you. You'll hear honest conversations from pet pros work in the streets of Main Street, where dog business is big business. I'm your show host, Candice Daniolo, the founder of Pet Boss Nation and a pet business coach. I've started, scaled, and sold three successful pet businesses and now help mentor thousands of pet professionals to see success faster together. I'm sharing my favorite business tips with you mixed with the latest secrets of what's working now, especially in this challenging world. So if you're a pet supply store, grooming salon, dog daycare, boarding facility, pet sitter, dog trainer, or really anyone covered in fur, let's get started. With 20 years between the automotive and the pet industry, Natasha O'Banion of Automated CEO helps business owners structure the front and the back end of their business so that it runs successfully with your team and without you. 
All right. Well, welcome Natasha to the Boss Your Business podcast. I'm so excited to dig into this topic today and to have you here as our guest. Hi guys. Thank you, Candace, so much for having me. I am so excited to be with you guys. You know, this is what they call the great resignation. Over 47 million Americans have voluntarily quit their jobs and are rethinking what their future is going to be. That is the topic that we're going to dive into today. But before we do, I want to make sure that our audience, in case they've never met you or had a chance to um, listen to your perspective before, I definitely want to make sure that they get to know you real well, Natasha. So tell us more about what your entrepreneurial journey has been. I mean, you've been in automotive and then into pet and then into coaching. I'd love for you to walk us through your journey of entrepreneurship. Yeah, definitely. I love this topic because this is kind of what brought me into entrepreneurship. Although it was 2015 and no pandemic, this is kind of how I started in a great (laughs) resonation. So yeah, I've been working in the automotive industry literally since I was 16 in high school. I was the manager of like the cashier receptionist desk from service. So when you went and you got your car service, you'd come over to our department, we'd cash you out, we store all the records for the dealership. So that was my job that I did, you know, leaving high school and then going into automotive and going back to school. So that was my whole life, like almost a first time job. I ended up staying in the automotive industry for 13 years. I worked myself up from that job to service to the general manager's assistant, to executive roles, and then lend it out in aftermarket sales and close myself out in finance. And I asked myself 13 years, you know, what do I want to do with my life? Is this it? You know, I love my career. It paid me extremely well. My coworkers were awesome, but I didn't have time. You know, my whole life was in the dealership, nights, weekends, holidays, you know, at a certain point, it was like, I've already made the money. So what's really exciting? (laughs) Like, there's nothing else. Um, I ended up working in Highline. So I left Lexus Automotive. I had been with Bentley, Mercedes, Honda, Toyota, all the brands. And I was like, you know what? I need my time back. Like, I want to have kids one day. Mm -hmm. I want to be a wife one day. And this job is just not going to be conducive to being even a mother. So I had to reshuffle myself, right? We say the great resignation to some is the great reshuffle to others, you know, where we Mm. look at our life as a whole and decide, are we going in the direction that we see, you know, for our own fulfilled journey? So I ended up quitting my job. I had two dogs at the time, Renzo and Ruby, my pug and my Frenchie. And I had hired dog walkers while I was a finance manager. You know, I was in there for 13 hours a day. So that autonomy I did not have. And so I know what it's like to yearn that as an employee. So I ended up quitting my job in Washington, D.C. I moved to Miami, Florida, hung out on the beach for five months. And I was like, this is the life. See, I wish (laughs) I could just do this. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, I was single at the time and it was just me and my dogs. And so I said, what is it that really brings me joy and that I really want to do in my life? And I was like, well, this looks pretty good. <laughs> like just hanging out with the pups. So I said, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and create a dog walking business. I'm going to create a dog walking business in a way that caters to affluent, high value clientele that has discretionary income that works high demand jobs like myself. You know, I was my avatar at the time. 
And I'm going to show them what professionalism looks like, what the red carpet experience looks like from my experience at Lexus, from my experience at Mercedes. And I'm going to bring that into the pet industry. And unbeknownst to me, it was a grand idea because it kicked off in six months. We hit our first six-figure marker. We ended up hiring, I think I had 15 employees at that point. It was like, it just turned on. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. So I was only solo for about two months and then I ended up hiring friends and they came on as mini contractors. And then I immediately hired employees. They helped me fill that void to be able to have a whole shift and all the things that I wanted in my life as an employee, I wanted to offer back to my staff. I want them to feel happy here. I want them to go on vacations. I want them to be paid well. I want them to feel respected. I want them to feel like they matter. I had big dreams of opening worldwide. So my original business plan was scale in DC, go to Maryland, Virginia, New York, just keep going up the east. And so I always implemented like an employee strategy for them to grow with me to then manage, lead and own and operate their own entities. So that was always in my plan when I hired, you know, I always shared the vision with them. And it allowed me to keep my staff like the whole time, <laughs> you know, a lot of them came on and they never left. And people always ask me, you know, how do you keep your staff so long? And I say, because it's a relationship, they don't work for me. We work together. That's the mindset. Of course they work for me. I cut the check, but we work together. You know, I had never run a business before. I had never run a pet business, especially and I didn't, I had an idea of that white glove that I had known in automotive that I could provide, but all the small entities that happens with not even realizing that dogs actually don't walk, <laughs> you know, we were like, oh, only my dog walks. These dogs actually don't walk. But all those other little learning curves we had to figure out together, they really helped me mold the business and from like the eye view of everyone. So I think the missed opportunity for a lot of us is that we always go above and beyond, but we forget to put that same process from the employee side because we go above and beyond for the clients, the employees, we should go above and beyond because they're going to be the person doing so for the client. Mm -hmm. So that's my secret sauce. And that's why I love to coach everything, teams, operations, systems, and leadership, because that's really what allows us to get freedom. You know, yeah. it's a lie. <laughs> it's not going to be free. I know. Well, it's funny in the, what you said earlier, but even in the automotive, you're like, I was working holidays and nights. And then I was thinking, well, she started a pet business. Like it's the same thing in the pet, you know, especially with, um, you know, when people traveled before for their holidays and, you know, we'd have to be groomers get really busy around the holidays too. And retailers are, are, are busy, but like, what's different about how you ran your business is that you did come from this very like automation perspective too and systems and processes. And I'm wondering now, just as you segued into your coaching career and business coaching career now, what was that jump from having a pet business to wanting to be a business coach? Yeah, it was an organic jump. So my dream was to travel the world, right? So I was like, I want to be an entrepreneur because they say you get freedom. They say that entrepreneurship, you get to, you know, live your best life. That's what they tell on us. Yeah. Right. So I was like, I want to travel the world. So that was always my goal for, you know, your why. And anyhow, I ended up scaling the business, structuring it properly. And after year two, my husband and I took a trip with my toddler, you know, married kids after in that two year time frame, we took a 15 country tour 
just wow. around the rails. We were just hanging out. <laughs> we were like, great. Wow. We, we, we work, we grind, we put the process in. So some, let me just, let me just backtrack. Some people are afraid to take off 15 hours in their business. <laughs> <I know. laughs> you went on a 15 country tour. So I think everyone listening, if you're in the grind and the grind of it right now, you can actually get some freedom. Uh, but it does take, it does take systems and processes to get you there. It does. And you have to really want it and stay focused. And so I gave myself, so really what hit me as I became pregnant and I was like, okay, well, I guess maybe my daughter might come out with one toe. So I should prep the business properly in case I need to be home. You know, you never know with pregnancy. So my husband and I, we made literally a one-year commitment to really restructure everything in the event that I, Natasha, the owner could not be there. So I had all the juice in my mind. I had all the things we should be doing in my brain. And we made a one-year commitment to take it out. And so anyone could duplicate what I was doing. And so the way that I got into coaching is that I think I put a post in one of the dog walker groups showing like where I had went with my daughter. Like I put 15 countries of my daughter because she's just so cute. She was only like 18 months. And I said, hey guys, you know, if you're feeling discouraged right now, it is possible. You can do this you know, just keep, keep being optimistic. It was literally just a regular post for me, just inspire people. Like it was, it was, oh, it was Christmas time and everybody was complaining. Like it's Christmas. So anyhow, everyone started DMing me. What the heck? I can't even get one day off. How did this happen? And I'm thinking I'm just doing normal business stuff in my mind. I'm like, yeah, we wanted freedom. Right. So we had to do what we had to do. We had to like put it all together and we got it. And they were like, no girlfriend. I'm still running like an employee. Like, how how did you do it? And so anyhow, the coaching just happened organically by just mm-hmm. helping people naturally tell them my process and like right. how we end up being able to get myself out of it. And literally that's just how it happened. Yeah, kind of similar to me too. After I'd sold uh, my pet businesses or, or the last, I guess I hadn't sold the last one yet, but after selling one of them, it was like, I started to just talk more with peers. They were more open about sharing their current experiences with me. And, um, because we weren't competitors anymore. And I realized, gosh, there were a lot of things that I was doing in my business that they don't do, or that they quite haven't like even just thought of yet, not because they can't, but they just haven't thought about it yet that way, you know? And so it was really interesting for me too, then to go, ah, coaching other pet businesses seemed like a natural segue too for me. So we're excited yeah. to have you as a business coach, um, helping the, the, the pet world and, um, other CEOs across the country or the world, I should say, actually <laughs> helping grow their businesses. So let's, let's shift back now to this whole great resignation and like mm-hmm. where all the workers went, like what really happened? You know, you mentioned that, uh, that you wanted, you know, you were having children and that you maybe you wanted to spend time with your kids. I mean, I know that actually the majority of the people who have resigned are women who maybe mm-hmm. have just made other, other choices to stay with their home with their kids or make shifts in their careers. What's your take on this? Where'd everybody go? <laughs> I think anytime we have like a world shift, you know, World War II, pandemic, anytime we have a world shift, people really start reevaluating their lives. And where we've kind of created the capitalism of America, you know, I know we've listened to everybody, but where we've kind of created that like hustle bustle culture People are like, you know what? I can either work from home. I can either just decide not to go back altogether. Mm -hmm. I can either start a business as we've all done, 
you know, now people have kind of seen like, am I really happy? Am I really fulfilled and in the space that I should be? Am I really as impactful as I thought I was? Am I appreciated here? Am I valued here? How long is retirement? You know, if I could get like in just in current tense, if I get COVID and I, God forbid, pass away, what was my legacy? What was my life like? And so I think people are just reshuffling and rethinking that aspect. You know, although there's been a great resignation, it's also shown in a poll, same thing by uh, the Bureau of Labor is that people also regretted it. (laughs) So they said one in five people actually regret quitting their job and realize that they did have some sense of security. So although a lot of people are quitting, there's so many jobs available and people still are looking for work. Mm -hmm. We just have to reevaluate what that looks like for our employees, our staff. And how we can put autonomy in our business to where it's a partnership. Mm-hmm. Um, I think freelance environment is taking over right now. Like we've seen yeah. the Ubers and all the gigs starts happening. Totally. And so freelance environment is taking over where people are either contracting with other businesses mm-hmm. or, you know, they're supporting their employees by not having them work, you know, a five day, some people working three days now. They're just yeah. really trying to reshift as, as CEOs, bosses, we all have a job now to reshift and see like, how can we make, how can we incentivize people to want to stay here? You know, we all work with animals and even and retailers and products. We love helping in that way, but how can we incentivize the work culture to where they can get a little bit of both? Mm-hmm. So they don't feel like it's either this or that where I was, you know, seven years ago. Right. Right. Yeah. I definitely think there's a trend for more contract workers, part-time workers, just so that they can have a better work-life balance because it is so important. And so many people have, I heard a term recently upskilling, they're upskilling themselves or they're reskilling, you know, in, in certain aspects. And there might be people when we go to, to hire that weren't markets we would normally tap into. And I've been markets, I should say, I mean, I, I clearly, I think high schoolers are a great place to start because they're just entering the workforce now, maybe going a little younger. I always said, I never wanted to be someone's first job, but at this point right now, I'd be like, let me be your first job, please. You know, come on over. So, um, mm-hmm. looking a little younger, but also looking at maybe, you know, other job, like people's work history that maybe you wouldn't have thought of, like, let's say even an automotive, like maybe somebody, if I got a resume and it said, oh, their whole experience is an automotive and they don't have any pet experience, but they just said, I have a dog. I love dogs. I think sometimes employers in the past would have always been trying to look for the people with some sort of pet experience, but we can't do mm-hmm. that anymore. Right. We need to we, and we shouldn't have been doing that in the past either. Right. We really should have been looking for quality candidates, like the, the, the skill, the skills that they have and the habits and the traits that they have. And we can teach them about products and dogs, you know, I, I couldn't have said it better. Candace, like you literally hit the nail on the head. I never hire people with so-called experience because my business model was so unique to being a people person. Most of us in the pet business are like, I just want to work with the dog. So that's why I'm doing this. I don't want to do with the people. But I personally went for the people people. And right now on the great resignation, it's kind of an oxy that hospitality is the highest (laughs) that have decided to leave their industry. Now that's who I would go for. Yeah, I love to find people, like you said, who have the characteristics and the traits. Um, I see sometimes, not always, but experience means bad habits. So where I would be looking for a dog walker and they see, oh, I've worked for this company that has contractors. 
and I know that I run an employee model, okay, well now that could be a conflict of interest. That could be a bad habit. Or if they work with a company that was notebooks and paper versus using apps and technology. Now you have a ton of bad habits, you know, where you could control your schedule where I am paying on the hourly wages where it's already fixed for your whole 40 hour day. You know, so sometimes I don't see experience as good. <laughs> I see experience as, okay, I'd rather clean slate. I'd right. rather train someone from scratch and they are doing it in our business model. You know, I've always found that that has been like the best workers, you know, someone who's like, I love people. I want to help. You know, I care about what I'm doing. I go the extra mile I look for detail. That's in so many industries, hospitality, um, working in the grocery store, working in Target, you know, even though it's not their first job, there's just so many industries where they've had to put their best face forward. And as a dog walker, as a groomer, as a retailer, we're not always there. We can't always see what they're doing. So we want to be able to trust that an integrity will kick in. So look at the whole scope <laughs> versus just, oh, they've never groomed before. Oh, they've never worked in retail before. Mm -hmm. You can train. I always say, look at yourself. We didn't have experience True. when we first started. True. Totally. <laughs> Someone had to take a chance on us. Someone had to train us and think about how long it took you. 90 days to get up and running. It took you nothing. Everyone is trainable. Same thing with the job interview. If they interviewed well, they can also train and work well. Look at your onboarding process or what happens in between your company culture where, where they come on, but then they quit. I hear that a lot. Well, they mm. get on and then they don't stay long. Well, look at the whole process. Are we communicating with them? Are we talking with them? Are we doing, you know, 90 day check-in? Are we doing a training survey? Are we doing knockout questions before they even get in to make sure that we're on the same page? So when it comes to systems, there's so many mm -hmm. checkpoints is what we call them. There's so mm -hmm. many checkpoints from the interview to day one right. <laughs> to make sure it's going to be a good fit. Absolutely. So let's go even like with the pre before day one, I guess, like we, you and I were talking about this episode and what we were going to talk about. And there's been this massive shift in the workforce and how they see jobs versus what the employers have to adapt and it's really that there is a, like a shift where the talent is now in control, right? You said something like we were interviewing them and now they're interviewing us. <laughs> can you expand on that? Yeah. So the best way I can say it is like a meet and greet for a client, right? So you're not just doing a meet and greet to give your best interview to the client. You're also doing a meet and greet to make sure that that dog or cat or bird is a good fit for you. <laughs> so that's an equal relationship and the same thing with the employee they are saying well I require $20 an hour and I require weekends off and I require at least one holiday off and so although we still work nights and weekends that one employee doesn't have to work every single holiday that one employee doesn't have to work every single night and weekend so you do want to treat the interview as a mutual respect because the best case scenario is that you guys are like oh wow we're such a great fit so where you interview clients and say, oh, this is a great fit. Same thing with employees. Tell me what your requirements are. Tell me what you're looking for on your next job. Tell me what your ideal day would look like. Now, let me tell you a little bit of how we work and what's happened here and maybe how we can work together to even elevate this because it's people like you that help me make my business better. And they hear that you're willing to be an open ear 
I mean, I love new people with new ideas. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna implement that. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Rick, keep it coming. What else do you think we should do? So kind of get in the, the team to talk, but when they do feel like it's that like dictatorship and you got the notebook out and you're just rolling out a million and one questions and just waiting for them to answer something proper, waiting for them to answer it wrong, that they're just like, whoa, this feels like court. And yeah, I don't think I want to be in court. Right. <laughs> so, so they end up, you know, moving on. Yeah. This, treating people how you'd want to be treated is really the theme of it. And I think that's been the theme of the great recession and the great reshuffle for us. Um, also using our online space to outreach, right? Being on the offense saying, hey, we're hiring local businesses in the area. Hey, the barber shop. Hey, the grocery store. We're hiring. If you guys know someone, please send them our way. A lot of our clients are in like group businesses in the community um, and they all do like a monthly meeting and they all get to talk about their business and they all get to network. And those are really great for, for sharing sometimes employees. Um, I've had multiple shares where they work for a cat business and they work for me and we don't do cats. So they'd be there half the day and they'd be with me half the day and it just worked out. Um, so I would say keeping an open mind. And staying in your community network, make sure the Facebook groups know you're hiring. Stay-at-home moms are a great avatar. Yoga instructors are a great avatar. Bartenders, great. These are all people who have so much extra time in their day that would not mind coming to help you do an event. Um, especially, I know retailers do events all the time. Hey, listen, we're looking for our event community that'll come out and do maybe one or two events a month. How does that work for your schedule? I'd love to help you. So sometimes yeah. I'm always looking for that full timer. Right. More like project based. Yeah. Yeah. Like where in my business could I like what I like what you just said there, like the summer events team, like just hiring people part-time for this short, short-term project. And, but you know, now that, okay, great. Our local events are covered. We can pop up, you know, pop up in those places. I'll get their event kits ready, <laughs> train them on what they need to know. And then we can have our face in the community this summer. Yeah, we only can scale if we have our team helping us and they know what's in our mind. I've seen a program called like ESOP where they give like part of the ownership. I mean, of some of us in the pet business, obviously we don't have stock to give, but it's the same type of outline where they are making sure their team is somewhat invested into the company and kind of asking them like, hey, did you, could you ever see yourself being a groomer? Have you, could you ever see yourself running your own dog walking business? Could you ever see yourself, you know, starting another franchise with me? Getting their vision, their yeah. training here, letting them know that this is not just a job. You could also live the way I'm living and help me continue this on. Mm-hmm. And they're like, wow, this, this job is looking like a career now. Actually. Right. I think yes. I could actually grow here. <laughs> totally. little, little seeds, planting little seeds of future, future, uh, partnerships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I like what you said there about being more on the offense instead of defense with recruiting, you know, we have to always actively be looking for good people. We can't just post a sign up the minute we get someone's two week notice or, <laughs> or, uh, if someone just doesn't show up for their shift and now we have to terminate an employee. Like it's really much better to always be actively re- recruiting. I love the Facebook group idea and being active in local communities. Has anything else worked for you or your private clients? Yeah. So we use a company called Jazz HR. Um, There's another company called Fountain. They're similar, but Jazz is the one that I've personally used. And they will put your hiring ad on five different boards. 
and we never turn it off. So I've actually rarely hire people when I need to hire someone. We leave the hiring board permanently open on five different boards. And I always get really cool resumes that come across and I'm not even hiring, but their resume is too good to let go. I'm like, oh, this person was super bubbly. And what I mean about the resume being too good to let go is making sure you have knockout questions. So you can get a hundred resumes. It can feel overwhelming because you're like, oh my God, I'm busy. I don't even have time to look at this. But if you ask maybe 10 questions in the dog walking industry, we always had to tell them to write a post-walk report explaining how the walk went for 30 minutes because that's part of the job. And people just would ignore it. They would just not even do it. (laughs) or some people would say great walk. And I knew that a great walk wouldn't be a great experience for my client. So if they didn't fill it out in four sentences, like it asked, then I knew they weren't going to be a good fit. So I immediately would just scan my eyeballs right to the knockout questions. Uh If you need someone who's driving, if you need someone who works on nights and weekends or holidays, if you need someone who speaks bilingual, Make sure you have your like non-negotiables in your knockout questions so you can give them an opportunity to kind of see what the job looks like and then same thing for yourself. And so Jazz HR keeps the funnel open. We always Mm -hmm. talk about funnels. It keeps it open. If someone gave me a two-week notice, it doesn't matter because we're always hiring for more than what we really need. And again, I see a great application and I'm like, hey, I just got your application. Um, I always hire with low expectations. So as a dog walker, I would say, listen, we only have one or two walks right now, but we're rapidly growing. We'd love to get you in, train, give you an idea of our system, give you a proper time to learn effective without feeling overwhelmed. And as the business grows, typically one to two months, how do you feel about taking on more shifts? They're like, actually, one to two sounds good for me. And some say, yeah, I would love it. Yeah, keep it coming. So now I'm so honest with what I have. Sometimes I have nothing, but I'll take one dog from someone just to get them in, (laughs) right? Trained, no pressure. Um, And then I also talk about all the other positions. Like, oh yeah, we have so many other stuff going on here. We have social media, we have events, we have client meetings, we have YouTube channel. What part of those would you be interested in? Have you done it before? Would you be interested in training? And they're like, I've never done it before, but I would love to learn. Great. (laughs) you know, telling them more of what's on your plate. And I think as a CEO coming from an ex-employee, we're like, oh, I have all this on my list and I have to do this and I have to do this. We try to empower our clients to be master delegators where you can just use like an Asana or a ClickUp and say, I have all these things I would love to get done. Now, who would be great at doing it? Where can I put these people? (laughs) So it's nice to have like crazy visions in the shower and know that you can write it out and you have perfect people in your team to go. Um, I, you guys know how it is when you're at like a job that's not going anywhere. You're like, I'm not growing here. I'm not doing anything else. They have me stuck in the shelves full time. I think I got to move on. Mm-hmm. But if you start bringing them into different tasks and they, they start to feel more excited about it too, everybody wants to grow. Like just always think about how you feel in, in, in a business or in a job. You want to grow, you want to learn, you want to have skills to use in the future. Yes. Hopefully that helps. 
totally helps. And you guys, I know that you're loving this episode. I know that everyone probably feverishly is taking notes, listening to you. And I just wanted to kind of mention that Natasha is going to be visiting the pet boss club, our monthly group coaching program in the month of June, we're going to be diving in to those knockout questions that she's just been teasing here to all of you. So if you want to learn more about that, make sure you're part of the pet boss club. And I know that our, our members will be excited to get to meet you there and, and work with you for a little bit there. Um, as we wrap up here, I'm just curious. I want to know what your take is on for the future of a local small business owner in the pet industry. What does that look like for them? And what advice would you have for them? Mm-hmm. I, my best advice is to go online. I won't take a client now that doesn't have any inspiration to go online. So growing your online community, either in courses or memberships or taking your retail store online for that presence to sell worldwide, um, taking your brands on Amazon and like really expanding your platform because we saw in COVID that we could require to close our doors within 72 hours. Mm-hmm. So if you are promoting your online business in any way and has, having that revenue stream coming in and most of your sales are from online sales, it takes so much pressure off inside of the store or in your grooming salon or your daily dog walks because you have so much other things going on. As dog walkers, you can create training programs. We have puppy training programs for new clients who just get a dog and they have no idea what to do and they can buy your course or your membership and you can walk them through the process because we know how it is when they're just like I've never done this (laughs) as groomers I recommend groomers all create their own grooming training programs certify your own groomers now show them what you know don't wait to say hey have I found a groomer who's had Betsy Sue trained them before and now she's out of business. So I'll take them. Don't wait on that anymore. Create your own training program and train them. Retailers, you guys got the bag. Take that bad boy online. <laughs> sell, right. sell, 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 sell online. <laughs> I mean, that's the easiest one is the product base. I mean, you guys know how it is, but subscription. Yeah, and they, can, and they can create courses too. They're so passionate about the products that they sell and they know so much. They could do that. They could do subscription boxes. They can do, I mean, all of it, all of it at the end of the day still takes uh, some learning to learn the tech, right. And get comfortable with some of that. But all of that also is actually outsourceable, right? <laughs> you can mm-hmm. find people to help you with that. You can delegate it, hire it out. Um, and then also it's about driving traffic, right. And increasing the amount of people on your list to actually sell that stuff. So all of that doesn't happen overnight guys. I know that cause I see, I see it happen all the time. I know you do too, Natasha, where people are like, I built the subscription box, but like, I'm not selling any, why not? Because that, you know, there still is a much bigger picture here and thought process for those businesses. But what you're saying, I love so much is that we have to get comfortable with our digital presence online and how we can diversify income for ourselves online. And even though we have local businesses, we have to start getting comfortable there. We have to, because five years Mm -hmm. from now, I mean, think about how much the world has changed in just the last five years. How much is it going to change? And guys, I have a groomer. I mean, I have a breeder who's been, who breeds dogs. Okay. Breeders are always in the back of the scene on the farm and they're living their best life. They're like, this is a good life back here. (laughs) 
I have a breeder who started her own Facebook community who also sells products to that community on a subscription base. So all she does is help people with the ownership of having a dog, emotional support. She just educates and helps owners, but she also sells them her subscription treats and her subscription food as a retailer, but she's really a breeder. Yeah. <laughs> and they are now always buying it on subscription. Obviously we have to feed our dogs and give them treats every single month and they get it from her because she is their people. So you do have to create that community. You just can't create the box and say, got the box. You know, Docs has created my boxes too. And they're great. But you do have to like give back where they're like, wow, I can get so much advice from this person. I can get so much help here. This is where I come to. And of course, I'm going to continue on as whatever they're offering me. That's kind of how it works. Right. Yes. Yes. Natasha, this has been so exciting. I know that our listeners are inspired because you, you've, I'm inspired. I'm inspired. And I just always love speaking with you and hearing what you have to say. So I hope that you'll come back to the pet boss podcast someday, or we'll, we'll collaborate again on something in the future, but thank you so much for being here. My pleasure guys. Until next time. If you'd like to connect with Natasha, maybe step into the true CEO seat and let your business begin to automate, then visit automatedceo.com. There you can learn more about her start scale sale framework for both product and service-based businesses. Also check out our show notes at petboss.com forward slash episode 17, and we'll have all the resources shared here today and her social media handles as well. Thanks for joining us and we'll chat with you next week. Guys, I'm just so honored that you are tuning into this podcast. And did you know that we've already reached the top 3% of all podcasts across the globe? It's amazing. We're climbing the charts because of our awesome listeners like you. I know there's still pet professionals out there who need to hear all of our doggone good tips shared on this show. Can you help us find them? Now, how you do that is that when you click to follow the podcast, or the more you download different episodes, or if you choose to leave us a review, those things will help the podcast get pushed out into the world so that more people who need to hear this will find it. Thanks so much for your support. And until we talk next week, stay focused, stay motivated, and go boss your business.